Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So before we read the text this morning, um, since the beginning of the year, since January, we have been preaching on attitudes, except for last Sunday. Uh, we've been preaching on attitudes. Um, I, I really want to emphasize this. What we're going through, we're trying to learn what the Bible teaches we're supposed to have as an attitude. At the same time, um, I don't want to preach these messages we forget about them and we go about our merry way. These are... These are staples that need to be a part of our church from here on out. So I, I would love to have you guys give these back to me, but I'm just for the sake of time, I'm just going to uh, repeat what we've already kind of covered. But we talked about being uh, having a servant's attitude. We need to have a servant's attitude, a humble serving attitude towards others. Not There's no big eyes, no little use. Everyone here is a servant, uh, according to the Word of God. We are to have a worshiping attitude. Amen? We need to be worshiping God. That, that is important. We, As a church, we understand the importance of worshiping. We are to have an attitude of trust. When God says go, we go. We, we trust Him, what He says. We are to have an attitude of generosity, uh, that, that we are a giving people. We need to have that, that uh, attitude. And we talked about the, the vision that, that all of these attitudes uh, will, will take us toward uh, fulfilling the, the vision that God has given us. So this morning we want to add one more attitude to this. I believe this will be the last one uh, unless something changes. But I want to talk about the attitude of prayer. The attitude of prayer. Um, can we really be a church if we don't pray? No, we can't. And so, so we, we want to talk about prayer, and, and the, the subtitle I have is A New Look at Faith. I, I think that if you've read your Bible at all, you understand that, 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 that the Bible says much about our faith connected with our prayers, but I fear that we really don't understand what faith is and what that means, and so we're going to try to understand that this morning. Now, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer. We're going to read here just in a moment, the, the Lord's Prayer. Um, I preached on this not quite a year ago. Um, I have made comments that uh, how drastically this has changed my life, and I've heard about the Lord's Prayer all my life. I've heard some people just, just repeat the Lord's Prayer, uh, but as I learned what the Lord's Prayer really is, it has it has changed my life and I have longed to share that with you guys didn't realize it was going to be in this series and 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 kind of preparing us for the vision but now I see that God uh, God had a plan that, that this is what we need but before we get into the before we get into the text let's just get a few things out on the table I believe that prayer is a challenge for everyone is there anybody here this morning to lift their hand up and say, I'm completely content with my prayer life and I don't need to do any better? Okay. <laughs> I, but here's the thing, guys. I've known great preachers who were, were great scholars and were just phenomenal preachers and had maybe great works and had done all kinds of things. And I've heard all of them say, I struggle in my prayer life. Guys, prayer is hard. 
Prayer, prayer, is, prayer is a challenge. Prayer is, is, you know, we can learn to read the Bible and we can learn to study and we can learn to preach and we can learn to worship and we can learn to sing and we can learn to give to the poor and we can learn to do all these things. But prayer seems to be the, one of the hardest things uh, to, to do for the Lord. Is anybody with me on that? Prayers, prayers hard. I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep. I'm talking about talking to God, being connected with God. I, I talk about having a fervent prayer life. Keeping prayer going in church, you know, since I've been here, we've started, you know, multiple, you know, ask you guys to pray about something all week or ask you guys to take a list home or ask you guys to fast or ask you guys to do this. And we've done those things. But keeping that going, it, it, it's, it's so hard to keep prayer going. You guys, are, you guys, are you guys seeing this? It's hard to keep prayer going in church. I just wonder if that's because the enemy recognizes what would happen if we really prayed. And I'm not saying worship's not important. I'm not saying reading the Bible's not important. I'm not saying all those other things we do are not important. But I just wonder if he recognizes if God's people ever really got together and prayed, I'd be in big trouble. And so he fights with everything he possibly has to keep us from praying like we're supposed to. So it's prayer is tough and the enemy fights, uh, but we have to come. So we've heard, uh, as Josh said in Sunday school, we've heard a lot of scary things uh, um, from, from the pulpit here of late. And, and, and maybe that makes you nervous, whatever it is. But, but I think everyone here would agree that if we're going to go where God wants us to go, guys, we got to learn to pray. If we're going to go where God wants us to go, we're going to have to learn to pray. And if I, I just want to say this as your pastor, if we're not going to learn how to pray, I don't want to go there. Because I'm afraid to go into enemy territory if we're not going to pray. We've got to learn to pray. We've got to make that a, a, a attitude, a principle, a staple, something that this church just says, we can't go any further till we stop and get a hold of God. Do you know how many times in the Bible people got in trouble for not first talking to God. You know, Joshua is held up as one of the, the great heroes in the Word of God, and you'll read through all the story of Joshua, and you'll find very few mistakes that he made. He was a godly man. He, he, you know, we're learning now he led the children of Israel into the Promised Land, all the great things he did. But you know the one big blunder on Joshua's record? There were some people came to him, and they disguised themselves and tried to pretend like they were something they weren't. And Joshua made a promise to them and ended up causing all kinds of trouble, even for generations to come. But you know what really Joshua failed to do? He forgot to pray. I mean, he's, he's Joshua. He's leading God's people. He he's, has all these miraculous things happening. And, and, and these people come to him and, and he says, okay, well, I'll make a covenant with you. And, and really what he forgot was he should have got down and prayed, God, is this what you want me to do? So, guys, I'm just telling you, if we don't pray, we're going to be in big trouble. Amen. Amen. So we're going to just we're just going to start with the Lord's Prayer. Uh, I know we all know it, um, but we're going to just uh, we're going to just take a couple of, uh, of uh, stanzas of it uh, this morning. <clears throat> so in verse uh, chapter six, book of Matthew, uh, verse number nine, Jesus says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. 
Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And, that, and that's all I want to read this morning. And, and so I want, to, I want to give you guys this. And again, I know I preached on this uh, not, not quite a year ago, uh, but I, I, I want to go deeper and, and, and clarify it more. I feel that it didn't, I didn't quite get it across to you guys. As I've already said, Jesus gives this prayer to us. I don't believe this is to be, um, for me anyway, I don't believe this is a prayer we just recite. You know, our Father which art in heaven, hell be, you know, and we just pray that through every day. But Jesus did say, when you pray, this is how you should pray. Did he not? And I'm just thinking if Jesus was saying that's how you should pray, that's a, probably a pretty good example to follow. But I would like to offer to you this morning that the Lord's Prayer that we have here is is instead of it being a prayer that we recite, I would like to offer it to you, and this is what has changed my life, that these are um, that these are categories of our life. These are departments of our life. If you will, these are lanes in our life. However you want to think of that, but these, if we will look at all of these things that Jesus gives us, instead of just a, a, a ramp, you will find that everything in your life will fit into these compartments, will fit into these categories, will fit into these lanes. And probably just the way my brain works, and, and, and it's quite handy for preaching, but uh, I'm going to use this morning, you can use categories, you can use compartments, or whatever you want to look, uh, think in your mind, but I'm going to use, these could be an outline. And, and, and that, that's probably for, for my brain only, but these, I'm going to propose these as, a, as an outline of, of, of ways that we, that we pray. So I want to offer, and just in those two stanzas that we read there, uh, just really more than I could ever preach out this morning, but I would like to offer as the first point this morning, it says, uh, it says um, Our Father, which art in heaven... Well, isn't that a mouthful right there? Guys, he's my daddy. I'm his, I'm his boy. And he resides in heaven in the highest office in the universe. How would you say about that? That's who we're talking to. And then it says, hallowed be thy name. So I would like for us to evaluate God. So in, in one category, in one uh, item on our outline, however you want to say it, one, one compartment of your life, as we go into prayer, I think we need to evaluate God. Now, I understand that can sound a little bit irreverent or blasphemous even, but, but I, I, I hear me out on that. But here's, here's, here's a, uh, something that's really been precious to me, and, and I'm not going to fight over this or, or argue, and I've heard all kinds of preachers on both sides of the fence on this. But in, in Luke, whenever we read this text, the disciples heard Jesus and they came to Jesus and they said, teach us to pray. Now, you know, we've all heard this here. They didn't say, Lord, you're such a great preacher. Teach us to preach. They didn't say, Lord, you're, you're, you're such a miracle, miracle worker. Teach us to do miracles. They, he, they didn't say, you know, teach us how to be leaders. They didn't, he didn't say all the things Jesus could do, all the things Jesus But they were, I believe, they were just dumbfounded. They were amazed when they heard Jesus pray. And so much so that of everything amazing that Jesus did, they said, would you teach us to pray? 
let's just stop for a minute because I've been doing this for, for quite a while. Can you imagine hearing Jesus pray? I'm talking about the physical Jesus in flesh on his knees crying out to his father. And I think that had such an effect on the disciples that they forgot all about preaching and everything else. And they said, Jesus, would you just teach us to pray like that? Now, if you guys will have that, that's what I think happened. And, 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 and you know, the Bible very, very often talks about Jesus. You know, he was in the middle of ministry and there's thousands of people around him and he's feeding the multitudes and he's healing the sick and he's preaching the gospel and he's seeing people come to the belief and all these things. And you know what he says? I got to leave this. I got to go pray. <laughs> you think about that. Jesus said, no, there were times they were looking, where, where is he at? He's over praying somewhere. And Jesus would just leave ministry and go pray. Guys, can I tell you, that's something we ought to take note to. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in everything we're doing and we forget to pray. But Jesus never did. He always said, no, guys, it isn't time to do all this ministry. I got to stop, go away, and pray. And I believe some of those times when he snuck away, I believe they heard him talking to the Father. And it stirred their souls so much that they said, would you teach us how to do that now here's a controversial part a lot of scholars like i said they disagree on this i'm not i'm not here to argue with you i'm just gonna give you gary's view because this has helped me did jesus pray this prayer and i've heard scholars say jesus never prayed this prayer he told us to pray and it's called the lord's prayer says a little boy they've called it the lord's prayer and some people say well you shouldn't call it the lord's prayer because it's a prayer he gave us a prayer but he didn't pray that and I, i'm not here to argue or start a theological debate or anything else but i'm just gonna say this here i'm just gonna believe jesus prayed this prayer okay i'm just gonna believe he prayed this prayer because it helps me so it is staggering to me when i begin to think of this prayer in gary's life and i think about my lord my savior jesus christ getting down and on his knees saying oh father it's in heaven just just want to hallow your name right now can you imagine jesus doing that and so I begin to do it in my life. I begin to evaluate who I am talking to. Can I, can I just be real blunt? I think very, very often in church, in Christianity, I think very, very often we forget who we're talking to. Have you thought about the fact we are talking to God? The, the, the ruler of the universe, the almighty, the all-powerful God, he said we can come to him boldly to the throne of grace and talk to him. Not only can we, we're commanded that we are to come talk to him. And guys, the staggering, staggering thing is, which absolutely boggles my mind, he's longing for us to come talk to him. Does that get anybody but me? Amen. He's in heaven and he's longing for Gary to talk to him. And you know what sometimes Gary does? He gets busy doing everything else and forgets to talk to God. Are you guys with me? Guys, this is important. So we're going to evaluate God. The word hallowed in the Greek, if you look this word up, I thought it was actually a pretty awesome meaning, but it means to render or acknowledge who someone is. Isn't that an awesome definition? 
We're going to hallow his name. We're going to recognize and render and say, I understand who you are. When I'm talking to you, I'm going to recognize who I am talking to. Guys, that's where it has to start. And this is a category, this is a line, this is an item on an outline, however you want to say it. But when we start our prayer and we take the time to hallow his name before we rush in with a grocery list of things we need, if we would just stop and begin to recognize who he is, the rest of our prayer would change. Okay? Now, Can I just say, when we go to him like he's a genie in a bottle, we're not treating him like he's the God of the universe. God, I need my bills paid. God, I need my kids taken care of. God, I need my wife healed. And God, I need, uh, God, I need you to take care of my job. And God, would you fix this? And God, would you fix that? And, and God, I got, I got all this list of things. Guys, he's not a genie in a bottle. He's the God of the universe. And we run into his presence, don't think about who we're talking to, give him our list of things we want him to do, rush back out, and we miss the whole entire point. We gotta stop and realize who we're talking to. And, 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 and it's not just repeating a grocery list to him. We're gonna get into this a little later in the message, but uh, let me throw it out here. Guys, it says, Our Father. Guys, we're going to start right there. If you are born again and you are a Christian, the Bible said, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We've got to recognize who we're talking to. So when I am praying to my heavenly Father who loves me more than is even calculable in our minds and who gave his Son for us, the Bible says if he gave his Son for us, how would he not with him give us all good things, Right? And I'm praying to him. Now, listen, I know how Christians pray. I'm trying to fix some of that this morning. But when we pray like this, God, would you take care of this for me? I'm really afraid to pray that because I'm afraid you'll give me something bad. Right? We're, we're, we're not hallowing his name. We're not recognizing who he is. We're not recognizing how good he is. We're not recognizing he's our father. He's a good, good father. He loves us and he's good to us. And we pray, God, oh, I'll do whatever you want. Just, I'm just afraid you're going to want me to do something really bad. No. He loves us. Why would we be afraid what God's going to do? So, so we don't come to him as a genie in a bottle. We don't come to him afraid of what he's going to do. But I think this is really, really important. It says... I've got this underlined in my Bible, but I want you to pay real close attention to it. Uh, in the next verse, it says, Thy kingdom come. Guys, can I just say, I can preach all, all the whole message on that. How many prayer lives, even in Sandhill Church, how many prayer lives, your prayer is all about you? It's all about you. The only thing you pray about, the only thing you talk to him about is me, 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 me. And it's not all the things I need you to do for me. But he said, if you get it in proper perspective and understand who you're talking to and humble yourself down and recognize that he loves you and you come to him hallowing his name, you'll start thinking about his kingdom instead of your kingdom. Here's a newsflash. 
Big news this morning. Your kingdom's going to be over real, real soon. Real soon. I don't care how old you are. You know, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We, we could, we, death could come to any of us at any time, but also I believe the end could come any moment. So, guys, it's kind of foolish to spend all your time thinking about you because you ain't going to be here much longer. But can I just tell you, there's a kingdom of God right now, and that kingdom will last forever. It will never end. And Jesus said, that's what you ought to be thinking about is my kingdom, right? My kingdom. So we come to God and it's all about us and it's all about what I want and what I need. And it's all about me, 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 me. And God says, no, you apparently didn't have all my name. You forgot who you were talking to. Right? Now, someone will say, let me just clarify this right here. Someone will say, Pastor, because I know I preach this many, many times. Someone will say, Pastor, are you saying we shouldn't pray for our needs? We shouldn't pray if we're sick. We shouldn't pray if we need our bills paid. We should. No, I'm not saying that. We, we are to pray for our needs. But can I just say the, the honest truth, what I really believe this prayer teaches us? If I was to guess, you know, and maybe I'm judging wrong, but if I was to guess most Christians, and even most Christians at Sand Hill, about 90 to 95% of your prayer is about what you want God to do for you. If you get around that 5%, you might say, okay, God, you got anything you want me to do for you? Am I right or am I right? It's almost all about me. What I believe is more accurate, what God's teaching, what Jesus teaches, I believe we ought to get our minds focused on him and what he wants in his ministry and his kingdom and his glory and all the things about him. And maybe at the end I could say, okay, Father, now that we've got all... Now that I, I'm in tune with your kingdom and in tune with what you want me to do and in tune with, with, with serving you, uh, my kids are sick. Would you help them? See how that's different? See how it's different to put God first and his kingdom first and what he wants first and everything we're supposed to be doing for him first? And it's okay to ask for things from him, but I just think that I think we don't recognize who we're talking to. And guys, listen. If we are Christians, we've been placed in his kingdom to do kingdom work. That's why we're here. But let me give you, before I go on, let me give you something else, because this is really, really important. And I, I, you, maybe you need to write this down. Maybe, maybe, maybe this will be years before you figure this out, because I know this is so anti-church and anti-Christian. But here's what I know, here's what I know for sure, guys. If you'll ever come to a place where when you pray and even in your thinking and everything that you do, it is about what God wants you to do and about serving him and about his kingdom and all that. What, what, what does uh, what is it, Matthew 6.33, do I have that right uh, off the top of my head? What does it say? Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Everything else will be added to you. And before that it is, what am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? And what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with that? And God said, no, 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 no. My kingdom first. I'll take care of all the rest. 
See, there are people in this church who are kind of kingdom minded and they're ministry minded and they're all about what God's doing and they never think about themselves and they never say, pray for me and pray for me and I got this need and I got this. It's never that. And you know what? God just takes care of their needs because they're serving him. And there are other people who are not worried about the kingdom and not worried about serving him. And it's all me, 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 me. And you know what it continues to be? Them, 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 them. Because they're wrapped up in themselves and they forgot about God. Am I making sense to anybody? We've got to pray and understand who we're talking to. And he has a kingdom and we're supposed to be working in that kingdom. So <clears throat> what about, and I know we're all guilty of this, but we need to change right now. Is there anybody here, don't, don't raise your hand, but is there anybody here that has ever prayed something? And maybe you said it with your lips trying to talk to God like he couldn't read your mind. But you were thinking, this is too hard for God. There's no way God could do this. This is too hard. Guys, can I tell you, stop, stop. You haven't hallowed his name yet. When you realize who you're talking to, there is not a prayer you can ask that's too hard. There's nothing, there's nothing you can talk to God about. There's nothing you can bring to him. And he said, no, nope, that one's above me. There's nothing God cannot do. God can do the impossible. So when we come to him and in the back of our mind, we're thinking, uh, God, I'm asking you for this, but I know this is probably too hard for you. You have not hallowed his name. You have not reverenced and, and acknowledged who he is. Because when you do, you pray with faith. I know God can do this. I know God can do this. I ain't a doubt in my mind God can do this. So guys, we need to change our way of thinking. Now, while we're still evaluating God, <clears throat> when we come to him in prayer, do you guys see that there's categories, there's, there's lanes, there's outlines, however you want to put it. But in this prayer, before we ever get anything else, we're getting our hearts aligned with who he is. And then we can actually pray. Guys, we need to worship him. We need to worship him. We, we learned, uh, we, we've learned many times, we, we're not preaching this not long ago, but worship is not what he's done for me. Worship is who he is. So I'm not, I'm not down here, all the things he's done for me. I'm just simply acknowledging the fact how great he is. He sent his son to redeem my lost and dying soul so I didn't have to go to hell. How great he is. He created the world by speaking it. He rules it on his throne. He is the great God almighty. When I get my mind in tune with who he is through worship, all of a sudden my prayer becomes different. Guys, we got to worship him in prayer. Stop right here. Is worship part of prayer? Is worship part of prayer? Don't we sometimes think we worship and then we pray? No, worship is part of prayer. So when you're down on your knees, before you get anywhere, why don't you just stop before you ask for one thing and recognize who you're talking to? You're talking to God. He can do anything. He can do anything. So we worship him. But not only do we worship him, we praise him. I think it's awesome to acknowledge who he is. But guys, can we acknowledge not only is he a great God, but he's really good to us. 
See, the praise and worship is different. Worship is who he is. Praise is what he has done. But can I just tell you, he's been mighty good to me. He's been mighty good to me. I can look back over my life and I can just see all the things, all the times I did him wrong and all the times he did me right. All the times I failed him and all the times he blessed me. All the times I nearly ruined my life and he stepped in and saved my life. He has been a good God. Can I get an amen? amen? He has been a good God to us. When you start putting all this together and recognizing how great he is and who he is and who you're talking to and how good he has been to you, do you guys see it is the devil getting in your head when you begin to pray and doubt that he's going to be good to you tomorrow? And we all do it, don't we? We're faced with a sickness, we're faced with a problem, we're faced with something we don't know what to do, and we come to God and we pray, and in the back of our mind we're just thinking how horrible it's going to be. Guys, listen to me. He has been good to me all of my life. He is a great and loving Father, and He is good to His children. He's a good God. I love the song that they sing. His goodness is running after me. It's almost like when I'm trying to get away from it, He's chasing me down with His goodness. He's going to pour it out on top of me. He's a good God. If you can say that, and you can get that in your mind when you're down praying, how can you ask him for something and then think, well, he's probably not going to be good to me this time? <laughs> Do you guys see how our prayer gets disconnected? And when we, get our, when we evaluate God on who he is and what he has done and his track record and everything that he's done, all of a sudden our attitude can change in what we're asking God to do. Now, not only do we worship him for how great he is, and not only do we praise him for all the things he's done, this seems like an elementary statement to make. But can I just tell you, I think some Christians need to hear that, and probably some Christians here need to hear this today. But can I tell you, not only is he great, and not only is he good, but he always does good. They say, why do I need to say that? Because I think sometimes we think we're going to pray a prayer and he's going to give me something bad. Now, this is not prosperity gospel. This is not if you pray, pray, you'll get a new Cadillac and a mansion and always have health and get a big rate. This, that, not, no, 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 no. But what he knows is good for you, he will give you. Do you guys believe that? Amen. He will give you what's good. Always, 100%, not most of the time, not sometimes, always, always, always. He's a great God. He's the almighty God. He is good to us, but he always gives us what is good. Guys, the Bible says that. You know, I think I, I, think I said this before I was preaching about Job. We can look at the book of Job. We can see all the things that Job went through. And, and you know, we, we can look at, he, you know, at the end of his life, he got double back what he had before and all that there. But, you know, I don't think all that really is what matters. But Steve, I just wonder what happened when Job stepped into heaven. Do you think Job might have said, man, I'm really glad you did that. Does anybody get this? God looked down at a man and he said, he, he's righteous and he's, he's just use evil. And he's, he's a godly man. I'm going to allow the devil to take everything away from him. And God's saying, because that will be good for him. Not because he gets double back at the end, but because and for all of eternity, Job will be known as the man who went through more than any other man. And then it will be a blessing to him. Do you guys see that whatever God gives us is good? See, if we evaluate God. Now, let me just stop right here in the message. I, I want you guys to help me with this. A little participation. Anybody here think God knows more than you do? 
Isn't that how we evaluate it? God, you gave me the wrong thing. God, this can't be good. Because we know more than him, right? Guys, if we get him in the proper place when we're praying, whatever he gives us, it is good. It is good. And when we get that line of thinking and we get that, we, we get this pattern of prayer down, whatever he sends our way, it is good. Because that's all he can give us. He has all power. He has all power. Literally, nothing is impossible for God. And I'm not getting into the stupid stuff of, you know, God can't lie or make a rock bigger than he can pick up and all the stupid things they say. But, but just in plain, simple English, God can do anything. God can do anything. So why do, we pray, why do we pray and think God can't do this? It's too hard. God can do anything. Right? Now, this is probably, this is just, this is just Gary, okay? Renee can amen this here in a second, but this is just Gary. But of everything that I've learned from this prayer, and it has really changed my life, and, and I think when we come down to evaluate God, all these things are important. But this right here has absolutely changed my life. I know that God knows everything. Amen? You guys with me? God knows everything. So as I begin to pray, again in Gary's, Gary's way of praying, I get down sometimes. I have this analytical mind. It's sometimes a curse. But I have this analytical mind. So everything in life, I have to analyze it and take it apart and think it through and, and all the crazy things to do. So then I have all the craziness in my life. Plus I have all of the things that I know about that's going on in the church that I am dealing with and all the things in my Renee's life and all the things that I see on the news and everything going on. And I have all this craziness in my head that I'm analyzing uh, all this craziness in my head. And I get down on my knees and I say, God... You know everything going on inside of my head right now. All that craziness, all the things I can't figure out, all the things I don't understand, all the things I, I, I don't know, God. But you know all of them. You know everything. And God, as I'm here struggling with, with a family in the church, or God, I'm struggling with, with someone who's sinning, or God, I'm struggling with, with something in mine and Renee's marriage, or, or God, I'm struggling with, with, our, with some part of our life, or all the craziness, or God, I'm struggling with what I saw going on in the news, and all the craziness in my head, and God, I've been thinking about this and trying to figure it out, and God, I don't know the answer, but I come down to you realizing how great a God you are, and that you love me, and you always do good, and God, I don't understand all this, but I give it to you. Now, maybe there's, I hope there's nobody in here whose mind is as crazy as mine. But I'm just guessing I'm not the only person who's ever been confused. I'm not the only one who's ever went to God with something I just couldn't understand. And I can't even put into words how much comfort I have received from bringing all my tangled up mess and just laying it down and saying, God, I can't figure this out. Will you take this rat's nest and do something with it? Right? And you know what? I've learned after, after how I said this changed my life, but you know what I've learned? Guys, if you guys could just learn, it'll change your life. I take that tangled up mess that I can't understand that I've been driving myself crazy about, and I lay it down, I give it to him, and I say, I believe you can fix this. And I leave it there. <laughs> if you could get rid of this, think how much better you'd be. Is anybody with me? Am I the only person that ever confused? Am I the only person that ever has questions they don't have answers for? Is I'm, am I the only one here that you struggle with things you just don't understand? Listen, guys, when you can come to a place, you say, God, I don't understand, but I know you do, and I'm going to give it to you, and I'm not going to let it drive me crazy anymore. Guys, that's worth this whole 
everything you paid to get in here this morning. Amen. Amen. That's a that's a game changer. But not only not only does God know everything, all the craziness going on in my head. But, you know, God knows everything that's going on in this church that I don't know about. He knows everything that's coming tomorrow and coming down the road. He knows everything that's going on in Washington, D.C. He knows the future of the United States. He knows the future of the world. He knows when the end is coming. He knows everything. So here's how I have learned to pray. Lord, I've been thinking about all this stuff, and I'm really confused and messed up, and I don't have an answer, so I'm going to give all that to you. But I also know that you know the future of our church, the future of our nation, the future of my family, the future of my marriage, and the future of everything that lays out there, and every problem that I don't even know about. And God, I'm just going to give all that to you, because I can't carry it. It's too big for me. Can I just stop right here in the message and ask everybody here, everybody, ask all of you guys that are here, is there any of you ever carried some things that belong to God? Tried to figure it out, tried to make it happen, tried to understand it, tried to manipulate it, tried to figure out how you could fix it. Can you imagine how much better you'd be if you could just come to God and say, I just trust you, I can't do this. Just give it to him. And listen, Jesus is not teaching the old, the old Baptist trick. He wasn't, apparently he wasn't a Baptist. He's not teaching the old Baptist trick where you come to the altar and say, God, I give you my burden, and then tomorrow morning I'm going to pick it back up and keep carrying it myself. He's saying, give it to him and let him keep it. And guys, I'm not here bragging or anything else. I'm just telling you, I've been doing this for a long time now, and, and it has changed my life because Gary is very known for driving himself crazy over trying to figure things out and think things through. Amen, sister? And driving Renee crazy in the process. And when I've learned to just say, God, I can't figure this out, I'm just going to give it to you. And God, whatever the moral holds for the church, you know, we preached a couple Sundays back about, 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 about the vision for the church. And maybe some of you just absolutely panicked. And maybe some of you said, there's no way and I don't understand. And can I just say, I'm with you on all that. But here's what I say. God, this is yours. God, this is yours. If you want to have, hey, God, this is yours. If you want to make it happen, it's your responsibility. It ain't mine. Do you see how much better life gets when we get like God be God? And guys, we just give it to him. Say, God, whatever you do. I'll follow. All of a sudden, life becomes a whole lot simpler. Is anybody following me? So we evaluate who God is and understand what, he, what he's doing. Things just change drastically. <clears throat> I don't like to bring Hollywood into the pulpit. I, ne I never, ever do that. And, and, and will you please forgive me if this was a really sinful, evil movie? Because as a long, long time ago, I watched it. And, and um, I don't remember how bad of a movie it was, and I don't like to talk about movies. But it come to my mind this morning, does anybody, and I, be, and I tried looking at it, I couldn't find it, but I, I can remember it in my head. But does anybody remember ever watching that movie? I think it was called Switch. Does anybody remember that movie? Was that the name of it? I don't know. Maybe it was it. I guess, I, I guess I'm glad that I don't have a bunch of movie watchers here, okay? There was this movie, and here was kind of the, here was kind of the thing. There was this guy, he was, he, was, he was a big star, and he was given this supernatural ability that in every situation in life, he could see every possible scenario that could happen. So if he was driving down the road and there was a car coming towards him, every possible conceivable way of anything that could happen, he saw it, right, at the same time. So, you know, he could turn in front of that car and they have a head-on collision. You know, there's, there's, there's 9,000 different things could happen right at this moment. But kind of the, the, the premise to the movie was, out of those 9,000 things that could happen, there's one that will work. 
And I remember this one scene he was in in the movie and, and they were in a fight and everything. And, and he already saw every possible way that this fight could come out. And he said, well, I've seen every scenario here and this guy has got to do one thing and he'll win the fight. And he said, nope, that wasn't it. <laughs> so now the fight's over, right? That you, the one thing that would work, you didn't do. So now I know what's going to happen. And, and that, that may be a little bit silly. That's a little bit of Hollywood. But, but here's the thing, guys. God knows every possible scenario. You got problems with your kids. You got problems with your marriage. You got problems with your finances. You got problems with you. Whatever your problem is, you got craziness. Everything that there is, God knows every possible. But he also knows the one thing that will work in your situation. And I think, guys, if I could just roll the curtain back and let us see, we are striving so hard to get that one thing that won't work. Did anybody hear what I just said? We're trying so hard to get that one thing that will not work. And God said, there's only one scenario here that works, and you're after the wrong one. You're not after that right one. So, guys, God is an awesome God. And when we evaluate who he is and we understand who he is, he loves his child. Uh, he will give us his best. Uh, he, he knows all things. He has all power. He's almighty. He's, he's, he's just this great God. When we get all of that in mind, uh, once we have hallowed his name... We are now ready. So this is so huge, guys. This, this is one point in my outline. This is one lane on the road. This is one category, one uh, compartment, whatever you want to say. But once we come into his presence, get down on our knees and understand who he is, we're now ready to go on to the next compartment. Is anybody with me? Does this make sense? You now understand who you're talking to, got your mind straight, got all the world out of your head, and you've now recognized who you're talking to. You're now ready to pray the next part. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And I'll be honest, this just is staggering to me. I, 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 I have thought about it just so much in my life trying to play it out in my life but we need to fully surrender point number two we need to fully surrender thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven now if we were honest here this morning and I think most Christians we would know but if we were honest here this morning I think because of our not praying this prayer correctly I think probably most of us believe there's a will in heaven, but we are really afraid to ask God to bring it to pass on earth because surely that would involve me going to Africa and living in a, in a mud hut. That, that's the only possible answer it could be, right? Do we see how wrong that is? Do we see how twisted that is? Do we see how messed up that is? But when we get all those things we learned about evaluating God straight when we talk to God, then we can sincerely pray uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <clears throat> so God, whatever you got planned in heaven, will you bring it to pass in my life? And so, guys, I've literally been praying this in my life. I, I, I pray this prayer now multiple times a day. Like it has really changed my life. But once I get my head straight on who I'm talking to, I, I typically at nighttime I will pray this and I will say, Lord, whatever will you have in heaven, Will you bring it to pass in my life tonight and tomorrow? Your will, your will being done in my life. Now, I want to show you a little bit here of scripture. I want you to understand how many of you guys believe that God has a plan 
for your life. Two of you believe that. How many of you believe God has a plan for your life? Does it stagger anybody's mind? We're going to read the scripture here. But does it stagger? I've, I've thought about this and it just blows my mind. But does it stagger your mind that before there was an Adam and Eve, before there was a universe, before there was anything ever created, when it was only God alone, that God sat down uh, and in by before he did anything, he sat down and he thought about Gary Sorrell Jr. that would be born in 1966 and planned out his life all the way through to the end before he ever created anything. Thing. Does that blow anybody's mind? I'm that important. But you know, if you're, you're that important too, he planned out every one of your lives. So he has a plan for you that he planned before he ever created earth. And what I'm simply praying is, Lord, that plan you made before you created the universe, would you bring that to pass in my life? Now, if you don't get evaluating God right, you're scared to have to pray that because he's going to certainly horrible right but when you evaluate God and understand who he is now you can confidently say God just send whatever you have planned because because that's what I want so let, let's look at a little bit of uh, uh, <clears throat> God knows everything about your life and your future <clears throat> God has plans from you from eternity past let's just read a couple of scriptures there's so many scriptures we could read but let's just read a few things and see if, if this makes sense to you Ephesians 2 10 <clears throat> We are, this comes right after we're saved by uh, grace through faith and it's not of works and all that good stuff. But then it says, uh, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We learned last week with the Deacon brothers that the word ordained means chosen. God chose for you how your life would play out. Not only do you have good works, but how you would do that and where your ministry be and what he has for you to do. Everybody here has a plan for your life. Do you guys believe me this morning? Everybody here, everybody, from, 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 from the littlest child from talking all the way up to the oldest person here, from the person who's been saved for a few weeks, the person who's been saved for 40, 50 years, everybody here, God has a plan for your life. He has a ministry, he has a work in the kingdom, he has something he wants you to do. Everybody has a plan for their life. Do you guys believe that? Amen. Ephesians 1.4 says, according as he hath chosen us, there, there's that word chosen in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Before we were ever born, before there's ever a universe, he picked us and planned our lives out. Psalms 139, many of you are very familiar with that text. We're not going to, you go back and read the whole chapter. It, it, it's really good. We're not going to do that this morning. But here's basically what Psalms 139 says. When you were an embryo, I had my eyes on you. Right? I think it may even say before you were an embryo. But when you were conceived, when you were an embryo, when you were in your mother's womb, I already, had, I already knew about you. I, I, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. I created you exactly the way I want you. I've designed you the way I want you. I've made everything about you the way I want you. And I have a plan for you. And I, and I put it to a place before you ever came into this earth. And I, I, I have everything laid out for your life. Guys, did you get that? Amen. Now, just real quick, as a little rabbit trail, Psalms 139, and I know that's a familiar text to many of you, but do you guys get how, if Psalms 139, anybody here believes Psalm 139 is true? Okay, it's the word of God. Do you guys get how now you don't get to complain about how you're made? That's what the Bible says. 
while you were an embryo, while you were in a womb, before you were ever there, he created your DNA. He created everything about you. Decided if you're going to be tall, skinny, fat, short, whatever it was, smart, short, loud voice, quiet voice, shy or outgoing, everything about you, he designed it so you don't get to say, why am I like this? You know what you have to say? God made me like I am. Okay? But then we go on to, uh, uh, and, I, and I like this one, Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Literally, as you're walking, God says, I gotta, I've got a place for you to put your foot down. I've got a step I want you to take. I'm ordering where you go and what you do in your path. So guys, if we understand that, there's a plan. There's a plan for our lives. We, we, just, we just walk in that light. <clears throat> God will always do what is best. So before we go any further, let's just look at this. I now recognize how great God is. Everything we said about evaluating God. I've come down now and I've, and I've said, and, and we have to learn, not with our lips, but with our heart. God, would you bring your will to pass in my life now? Now, as I begin to pray this prayer, so I'm getting ready to go to bed at night, and I begin to pray this prayer, and the thought began to come to my mind, so I am praying, Lord, have your will in my life that you designed before the universe was created. And that's what I want, because I know you're a good God. So therefore, if during the night while I am sleeping, the house burns to the ground, that was part of your plan. Do you guys see how this changes life? If I get a phone call during the night that one of my loved ones has passed, if I get a phone call during the night that some tragedy has happened, if I wake up in the morning and, and the furnace has went out, if I wake up in the morning and there's water all over the floor because the line broke, whatever happens, whatever comes my way, whatever problem, if I come to church on Sunday and we have a horrible day and there's nothing but problems and things we're doing, God, you have a plan for my life. And now I don't complain. Now I don't uh, wallow around trying to figure out how to get out of it. Now I understand you have a plan. So let me ask you guys this question. Some of you guys are a little bit older, been saved for a little while. Is there anybody here that has enough wisdom to understand that if you look back 10, 20, 30 years ago, some of the really bad things that happened to your life is what helped you to be what you are today? So therefore, can we say those really bad things were a good thing from God? So, oh, that couldn't have been a good thing. That was terrible. No, if you're in God's will and it's part of God's plan, it's a good thing. I look back over my life. I, I've, I've now become old enough to see this, but for a long time I couldn't. But there were some things, that I, even as a pastor that I went through, and I thought, Lord, this is awful. This is the most terrible thing. Why would you do this? And I would just, I wrestled and was, drove myself crazy and, and, and just was, had such a hard time. And I look back now and think, I couldn't pastor the church today like I am if that hadn't happened back then. So therefore, if in order to get me in the plan of God that he wants for me in my life, I need to have a tragedy happen tonight, tomorrow, whenever, then that's part of God's plan. And along with that, I just say, okay, God, now you have to take care of this tragedy that you gave me. Does anybody see how this changes everything? 
I'm not trying to worry myself to death what might happen. I'm not trying to figure out how to fix it once it does happen. I'm just trying to be in his will, uh, building his kingdom for him. Now, if God wants to, so let's look at Sand Hill Church for a moment. If God wants to do new things with Sand Hill Church and the things we talked about in the vision and, and God wants to do, uh, use us in a greater way and he wants to reach our community, he wants to do all these different things, how many of you think that possibly some people here might need to go through some things to get them ready for that? Do you guys see that? So that's part of God's plan for the church and for your life to get you ready to go through that. So he sends you something bad because you said pray for your will to be done in my life. He's not punishing you. He's getting you ready to use you for his kingdom. Do you guys see that? And guys, when we start thinking that way, our lives change. We're not down on our knees begging God to give me what I want. We're, we're down on our knees asking him to give us what he knows is best for us to fulfill his plan. And now I'm just walking through my life trying to follow the plan of God for the kingdom of God in his ministry. And what I found out in my life, he takes care of everything else. I, I you know, and, I, and I, please, please hear me. Please hear me as your pastor. I'm not saying this to be boasting or bragging or anything else. I'm, just, I'm trying to show you guys how this actually literally works. I'm not preaching something I don't know. I'm preaching something that I, that I have experienced I very seldom ever pray for me. I, I don't pray for, I don't, I don't pray for anything. I, 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 I don't ask God to give me things. I don't ask God to take care of problems. I'm not always going to him for him. And when problems come up, honestly, I try to keep my eyes, kind of like we learned in Sunday, I try to keep my eyes on the ministry and what God's doing. You know what happens? He takes care of the rest. But some people are so caught up in the problems of life, <laughs> they lose the ark. If you weren't in Sunday school, you should have been here. All right? But you, they lose the ark. And guys, listen. If we keep our eyes on Jesus and his plan, everything else is going to be all right. Is anybody here believes that? Does anybody else believe that? Everything else will be all right. Well, pastor, I'm scared to death about my finances. I'm scared to death about this disease. I'm scared to death about my family, my spouse, my kids. Guys, listen. Quit worrying about yourself and say, God, your will be done, and I will follow you wherever you go, and I just trust whatever you do. It's going to be right. Guys, if we would do that, it would change everything in our church. It would change our prayer requests. It would change our testimonies. It would change everything. Because we're not focused on me, we're focused on him. And guys, that changes everything. Amen. And and I, you say, preacher, sounds like you're 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 really preaching hard to us. Guys, listen, God, if God's getting ready to do something big at Sand Hill, we gotta get ready. And we're gonna have to learn how to pray. And we get down and pray, it's not gonna be little little uh, nimbly prayers. We're gonna have to get a hold of God and, and understand who we're talking to and and, and be willing to re receive what He uh, sends our way. So here's, here's what I'd like for you to see. Um, God does not need your permission. How do you like that? How many of you think God's in heaven saying right now, boy, I really wish that, I really wish that they would just let me do what I want to do. <laughs> okay, guys, God's not up there waiting for your permission. He's not waiting for you to say, okay, God, I get it now. Give me your will on earth as it is now. No, he's not waiting for your permission. So your permission is not what's holding God up. But I want you to see this. This is so very, very important. We, we talk about uh, um, uh, f what faith is. Faith is surrender. Faith is, faith is, is, is believing who God is. So, so what is faith? What is faith? 
Faith is not I'll get what I want. Faith is not God's going to heal my loved one. Faith is not I'll, I'll get my bills paid or I'll, you know, I'll have these things. That's not faith, guys. You know what faith is? I just surrender everything I want, everything I think, everything I can do. I just surrender it. And I believe you. Guys, do you know that's biblical faith? Do you know how much of Christianity is not like that? <laughs> right? We've learned, you know, we've been taught, which is, which is heresy, but we've been taught if we just believe strong enough, we can make God do it. If you got a loved one that's dying, just believe hard enough and they'll get better. If you need a bill paid, just believe hard enough and you'll get your bills. If you believe hard enough, you'll twist God's arm so he'll have to give you what you want. The Bible never says that. But the Bible does say if you pray in faith, you can move a mountain. The Bible does say if you pray in faith, you can say into a sycamore tree, it would be plucked up by the roots and cast the seed and it would be done. The Bible says you can have anything if you pray in faith. So what is praying in faith? It is saying, God, whatever you want, that's what I want. And I will trust whatever you send is from you and I will receive it. How can you not have that prayer answered? Stop right there. How could you not have that prayer answered? If whatever he sends, I believe to be in his will for my life, he will always answer the prayer every time. Is anybody getting this? Amen. It's, a, it's a game changer. It's a life changer. It, it changes everything when we surrender to his will and say, God, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And lastly, I've got this. <clears throat> This is so profound. You need to underline this, write it in your forehead, put it, do something with it. This is so very, because in all seriousness, we need this. Holding on to what you want only hurts you. Now, I don't know who's with me this morning and who's not, but here's what, here's what the good old Baptist uh, mindset is. Pastor, if I do what you're saying... That means that my loved one might die. Pastor, if I do what you're saying, that means I might not be able to pay my bills. Pastor, if I do what you're saying, that means we might have problems in the church. Pastor, if I do what you're saying, I might lose my job. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. If that's part of God's plan for your life, it'll be the best thing that could happen to you. And guys... When you hold on to what I want, you know how many Christians I've seen just just torture themselves. I'm not going to let my loved one die, or I'm not going to let this thing happen. I'm going to, like, you know, what all the problems I have, I'm going to hold on, and I'm not going to let go. And guys, they forget God completely. Though they say they're praying, they're not praying to God. They're they're, they're holding on to their wants. And when God does something different than they want, it breaks all their fingers off. Do you guys see that? It devastates them. Then they come to my office. I prayed and I really believed in my heart. And I don't understand why God didn't give me what I want. And I'm so confused. I thought he was a good guy, but he's a really bad guy. And I don't understand. And he just was saying, no, 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 no. It's not about you. It's about him. And he has a plan for what he did in your life. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth 
provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.